We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Just before we start the show, I want to let you know about one of our partners over at MyBookie. And of course, if you're going to bet this football season, do the smart thing and head over to MyBookie.ag because nobody gives you more ways to win. With pro football, college football and the MLB playoffs in full swing and both hockey and basketball just around the corner, now is the time to get off the sidelines and into the action. And right now, if you join, MyBookie will double your first deposit as a loyal Rotoviz Radio listener. All you have to do is use the promo code Rotoviz that is up to $1,000 on your first deposit that they will match and double, uh, giving you a nice little booster as we head in to the midpoint of the NFL season. Once again, that promo code is ROTOVIZ to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget, once again, to use that promo code ROTOVIZ. Bet, win, get paid. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined as always by Mr. Sean Siegel, the co-owner of Rotoviz and of course the co-host here on the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. Just a quick mention at the start of the show too, we will be uh, switching for the next couple of weeks anyway to a Wednesday release. So we normally release the show late Wednesday, early Thursday. It will now be late Tuesday, early Wednesday. So be sure to check out all the podcast apps that you'd like to listen to the show on to get that access one day earlier. Bring that to your earbuds. Sean, this week was quite exceptional. I think we're probably going to keep it short and sweet here as we start the show to really dive into the topics, but so much uh, high-scoring weeks this week, a real fun week for fantasy. Uh, I have to say one of the most enjoyable ones so far this year. Yeah, this was one of the most exciting weeks, I think, for me personally in, in fantasy. And then also just regardless of who you had, which players you're rostering, who you were starting. I mean, this was an explosive shootout weekend. Uh, We go into a little bit more later in the show, but we got the three top performances uh, in week five, the three top week five performances since the year 2000. And so uh, 
we had plenty of teams with Christian McCaffrey scoring big, Michael Thomas scoring big, Will Fuller scoring big. Obviously, you had Aaron Jones in there. You were able to balance some of that out. Some of those teams had them stacked together. Monty Fon had a cool piece on the site talking about some of the crazy results in the FFPC. I think there was a score of 268 this Sunday. Um, and then plenty of games in which those guys were going head-to-head. I certainly had some Christian McCaffrey teams playing Will Fuller and vice versa. So it was a fun week. I think the only disappointing element of this week, you know, unless you were on the wrong side of a route, was that Patrick Mahomes finally looked mortal on a Sunday. And obviously the Chiefs fall out of the ranks of the unbeaten. So Kansas City fans, a little disappointed, finally had the the down contest that had seemed impossible for Mahomes. But from a fantasy football perspective, this was the week we've all been waiting for. Yeah, and I think we'll just try and get into the topics as quickly as possible. So when we start the show, I always like to give a plug to the Rotoviz uh, Radio Patreon and to the Rotoviz Radio Slack that is part of that gets you exclusive access starting at just $6 a month. Uh, you can get in there, get League One advice. There's been great DFS advice in there, great League advice for starting and sitting every Sunday. Lots of good interactions with the Rotoviz writers and podcast team in there as well and if you're in that nine dollar tier at the end of the season you get yourself some sweet rotoviz merchandise you can become a patreon today and join that exclusive community of listeners get into that slack channel and once again you can do that at patreon.com forward slash rotoviz radio and as always the season is underway but there is no better time to get yourself that rotoviz so maybe your teams aren't going well and you need to get that little bit of a boost maybe your teams are going great and you want to get your edge to push your team to a championship you can get a 10 percent discount right now to a rotoviz nfl pass that's available through the podcast homepage rotoviz.com forward slash podcast get yourself ready for that playoff push gain unlimited access to our nfl content and tools and once again you can do that at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast so sean you mentioned already this was pretty much uh, an historic week when we look through it just off the charts in terms of scoring. You mentioned Monty Fan's piece on the site. Some of the scoring this week, like uh, in DFS in particular, I had some of my highest scoring weeks of all time this week, and still those teams were finishing well down the pecking order. I uh, had a couple of teams that really, if I had one or two adjustments, so across the board, the player pool was really high scoring this week for me, but one or two guys just uh, let me down in certain certain spots. But really fantastic. Like you mentioned, and I don't even think it's mentioned in the piece that you had this week, Sean, but like for example um austin eckler had 15 receptions for the for for the chargers this week uh, which is pretty insane as well and he wasn't even one of the talking points really off the week so some some of the players are just monster performances but you had a great piece up talking about how epic of a week it was one of the most epic i would say in, in all of fantasy football history in terms of nfl but how high would you rank it i know the title of the article says that but do you think it is up there at the top of all-time high scoring weeks I think it has to be. I there was a week in week thirteen uh, during obviously the stretch run for for fantasy leagues trying to get those points to push over the top where you know there were a number of two hundred plus point performances and when you look at that week being sort of the definitive week then you know that might have the edge but you look back at, at what we saw just this weekend. And, you know, you go through all of history looking at it and 
Uh, week five from 2000 to 2018, you had you had some big scores, right? We had 11 times where guys had scored 40 plus. You had a Miles Austin week with 47, uh, David Boston 45.4. Now those two guys get lost a little bit because of how their careers ended, but certainly could put up mega points, uh, you know, right there in the heart of of when they were at their peak when they were on fire. You have Terrell Owens 45, Priest Holmes 44, Demarius Thomas 42. Randy Moss, 41. These guys kind of spread across this whole almost 20-year time period. This past week, we got 53.7 from Will Fuller, 49.2 from Aaron Jones, 47.7 from Christian McCaffrey. So you had the top three scores, and then you had Michael Thomas at 41.2. So we had four guys go over 40 just this last week, and then backed it up with with three more in the 30s amari cooper 39.6 dj chart continuing his explosion 36.4 adam thielen with a massive score in terms of fantasy points over expectation puts in 32 so you know we certainly see the value of his complaints about uh, coaching there in minnesota and then chris godwin continues to light the world on fire with 31 which uh, I don't know if you can get a more stark contrast between Chris Godwin and Mike Evans in a battle for the number one spot in Tampa Bay than what we had this past weekend. So uh, Evans, obviously still a star, has that 40-point potential any given week, but week five was fairly definitive. Yeah, and when we look at that, that team in particular, just on the ups and downs of uh, each wide receiver's weeks, and, and every single week, I think so far through five weeks, each of them has had like a you know a huge, huge number. I think week one might have been the lowest out of the, the combined totals of those guys, but a big, big game for Godwin again this week. A lot of people happy about that. And, uh, you know, Thielen, there was obviously the talk about Diggs and Thielen and the, the lack of pass catching that was going on there for Minnesota, but uh, this week was obviously a good position for them, while Diggs didn't have a big day uh, Thielen absolutely did so and uh, was the best performance this season so far by Kirk Cousins as somebody who didn't obviously have a monster day but had a really impressive performance as a whole who's not on this list again was Dalvin Cook who who now while healthy so far through five games is shown to be one of the the most consistent players uh, at the the running back position but this season like and any season at all Sean I'm just going to get you to put you on the spot here with Christian McCaffrey as, a, as an all-time running back uh, in terms of fantasy football wh- when do we start really pushing <laughs> Christian McCaffrey into the elite levels because through these five games without Cam Newton at quarterback uh, the guy is just uh, amazing I guess is the only word to describe him as yeah I, well in my article I suggested that he and by suggested i mean i just claimed that he is the best running back since barry sanders and it occurred to me a little bit later in the day yesterday that that was sort of jumping over jamal charles who i really think doesn't necessarily get yeah. credit for how good he was every single play and the fact that any single play he could take it uh for the long touchdown you know you give him the ball up the middle I mean, one of the things about jamal charles is he was a fantastic runner directly up the gut he would see holes that no one else could see and not only that he could get to them you know you have a lot of these guys who are the theoretical you know three yards in a cloud of dust players they hit that line they maybe push forward a little bit they maybe break some tackles and at the end of all that frantic effort they are one and a half yards down the field you give it to jamal charles he's going five six yards almost every time and then a lot of those carries you know he's going to go for 60 fantastic receiver as well I, i think we're seeing a lot the same thing from Christian McCaffrey, but also we are seeing again this value of a running back who can be a dual threat, right? Because the main thing 
that we are looking for is the ability to exchange low value plays for high value plays. And, and McCaffrey does that better than any other player. And he allows you to get a lot of touches to your best player without those touches necessarily having to be those carries up the middle, but he does those well too, right? So you have this guy who doesn't have the size, but he has the toughness and then he has that ability to push the pile but on any play, you've got to cover him. One of the things that is starting to get strange about watching some of these games is that the defense does not seem to cover him coming out of the backfield. Part of that is that his route running and his ability to change directions is otherworldly. But you just simply have to put more of your attention onto him. And we see a little bit the same thing with an Austin Eckler, where the Chargers did struggle this week. A lot of the plays that they had were specifically plays where you know they're trying to come back and they can't get the ball down their field the field to their wide receivers which they would have preferred to do in some of those situations but Eckler again a smaller guy but thick can really hit you and his change of direction ability is just insane and so there's every reason to believe that Melvin Gordon will come back will play a role in that offense and yet at the same time Eckler may be the better fit for what they're trying to do in the same way that Christian McCaffrey is going to be a better fit for you than basically any other possible running back in almost any type of offense. And so with McCaffrey, I think you have to start to put him, you know, in that Barry Sanders kind of conversation. Yeah. What I was going to say before I asked you just how high I was going to say he's the best running back in fantasy since Jamal Charles, but uh, you, you brought that up. And uh, I really think that he's in that tier now in terms of weekly performances, you know, 40 point performances, just like what he can do, you know, running and uh, receiving, as you mentioned. And I think part of the reason that they're not covering him, you know, in terms of a close coverage is obviously he's coming out of the backfield, but I think linebackers are afraid to get close to him because there's a couple of times I, I watched a lot of that game this past week, a couple of times they were just like you know it was like they were grabbing i think the commentator said it was like they were grabbing for fresh air so they just they weren't cashing and catching anything uh from christian mccaffrey so phenomenal stuff the other big play obviously you mentioned it a little bit earlier as well fuller and um, we have been talking on on the show um you know this off season i i was massive on well fuller as a, a player particularly in best ball leagues but uh, i have a lot of my dynasty rosters i actually done a trade early last week um and it was that i traded austin hooper um and uh, a second round pick to get will fuller um so i was really happy with that but will fuller's value after those first couple of weeks had obviously dropped off a little bit and people maybe who aren't listening to our podcast sean may have thought it was time to to move on from him based on the hype obviously of hooper who i really like as a tight end uh, how he was doing but fuller then obviously monster week this past week um and then uh, you know absolutely absolutely phenomenal three touchdowns stopped at the one yard line twice as well but obviously we we did talk about him sean in the off season and these are these maybe aren't the weeks we were predicting but what we were predicting was that he would have weeks where he would have you know 100 yards two touchdowns and that was an opportunity for him um this week obviously he showed up in the buy the buy low report and there was a lot of good information in that and obviously then it really clicked into gear um when he took to the field this past sunday with one of the best games i would say of uh, sean watson's career um in terms of uh, i believe he had five uh, five incompletions but also had five touchdowns um had, had just a tremendous game and will fuller a major part of that so uh will fuller this week uh, did you have him slotted into a lot of those lineups so will fuller was one of the main guys i wrote about this summer and he's been my guy since 
the or not my guy but he's been a very good player since the nfl draft where he was a little bit undervalued came out had some somewhat underappreciated seasons because uh, he kept getting injured and then deshaun watson comes in one of the great things you can do with the site uh, people really enjoy the game splits app you can get in there you can see that when he's played with deshaun watson he has been a wide receiver one. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he will continue to do that. You've got to have, you know, those big passes, all that kind of thing. But then you have this information coming out that, you know, he's back, he's healthy. You know, you've got that injury discount, which is nice if, in fact, he is healthy. And the team is raving about his improved route running. One of the other things you can go in and do is look at his past location and see that he's actually been a better underneath performance, performer in terms of efficiency than you might realize. All that's pointing to this breakout. And so I argued for him as a wide receiver one in 2019. And then we had the first month. And I kind of make fun of uh, you know my prediction and where he was fitting uh, you know, wide receiver number 65 through four weeks, which is behind a couple of players who you know, only played like four total quarters and you know, behind some rookies, behind some guys like Randall Cobb and Devontae Parker, you know, who we did talk about on the show last week, but otherwise you might not really, I mean, you've got to be following the NFL fairly closely to realize Devontae Parker is still in it because I mean, he probably should not be. Uh, and so then we get this 50 point game. Right. And that was great for me because I do have him on basically every team, you know, for the five main events. Curtis Patrick and I have an FFPC main event that we've done, obviously, with our offseason sponsor. And then the question becomes, uh, do you have Fuller in the lineup? And so uh, fortunately, I did in basically all of my teams. Uh, all but one dynasty team, which actually was lucky enough to have both Christian McCaffrey and Aaron Jones. So it, it did all right this week without him um but this was the game that we were waiting for and if you're a fuller owner certainly the game that kind of justified what you thought about him now going into the game i mean there was plenty of reason for concern right because he is getting open but deshaun watson had looked terrible right and he looked through the first month fairly similar to the way baker mayfield looked last night and so when you see Fuller out there, he's getting behind the defense and he's being overthrown. He's getting behind the defense and Watson's throwing that pass back to where the defenders are so they get the interception. You know, he's in in that intermediate area and Watson spikes the pass at his feet. So, you know, you're not just going to necessarily look at his profile and say, okay, there's a 50 point week coming. But if it was going to happen, you would probably expect it would happen to an Atlanta Falcons team that just gave up huge weeks to Corey Davis and AJ Brown. And so hopefully for listeners, they had it in there. And like you mentioned, Jack picked this last week in his buy low report. He pointed out that they'd had the fourth hardest schedule for the first month. And for the next month, they were going to have the 10th easiest. And so, again, make sure you get over there. Check out Jack's work when uh, his article comes up again this week. And, and get over to the Strength of Schedule streaming tool, which has Dave Cabin's advanced schedule strength metrics to help you pick out these chunks of the season that you can really target for trades a little bit like you did last week in uh, in your sharp fuller trade there uh, sean the other players i want to mention here obviously somebody who's had a couple of big weeks like if you if you look at this past week and and we talked already about the scores but like chris godwin um you know is kind of at the bottom of the ranks of the scoring this week but obviously uh, michael thomas had a big game um when you mix him in there with teddy bridgewater and what he done uh, this past week for the saints amari cooper had a big game against the packers Aaron jones had a big game against the cowboys but dj chark somebody who over the last uh, couple of weeks you know I, i'm a big dd westbrook believer 
but so far since Minshew has come in, it looks like DJ Chark is his, his guy to go to. You know, he had 11 targets last week, eight targets the week before, five, nine, four, heading back to week one. But he's just putting up uh, some big numbers, like 164 yards and eight catches, two touchdowns. That was his fifth fifth touchdown on the year uh, he's only had one game where he didn't score a touchdown that was against denver in week four what's your thoughts on uh, chark do you think he can be a long-term option obviously a second round pick in 2018 for for the uh, jaguars he's looked he's looked really good over the last month man i i love <laughs> this guy and you know you mentioned that second round pick he was one of the superstars in our freak score which unlike a lot of other wide receiver metrics actually helps you project you know, wide receiver production uh, in, in terms of touchdowns. And, you know, that's what he has been doing so far. Certainly, regardless of the, the athletic metric you want to pick, DJ Chark is going to look like someone who should be an NFL player. And man, when you watch him, that everything is there, right? Some of these guys who have the athleticism, and they have another guy on their team, and Chris Conley, who is a fantastic athlete, but can't really play to that athletic ability. DJ Chark is flying by guys, and he's not a small dude either. So I mean, he's he's getting open at will, and they are finding him. You mentioned the efficiency. This was his third time on the fantasy points over expectation leaderboard, weeks one, three, and five. And one of the things that I like to see with that. Uh, is that we we know you have to be a little bit skeptical of the sky-high efficiency in the same way that we wouldn't expect Will Fuller to have a 50-point game every week and that we were buying him in part because he had this profile that we would expect the efficiency to jump. For some of these guys who are being efficient, you might expect it to drop a little bit. But the main thing here is that following each of the two initial explosions, week one and week three, both of which were games in which his expected points based on his volume, you know, the down distance uh, place on the field, right? His expected points were in single digits, blew that away by making the big plays. But then week two, volume jump, week four, volume jump, another volume jump in week five. So now we're getting to see, you know, clear wide receiver one volume with this explosive playmaking ability. And I think there are still some concerns about, the quarterback situation, the overall offensive situation. This was a week where Westbrook, you mentioned, had a season-high 11 targets. So they were getting Westbrook involved as well. You know, there could be a little bit of a battle for the volume there. Certainly Westbrook isn't uh, a bum by any stretch. He's not going to fade away. But, you know, Chark is the guy. Certainly, you know, if you have him, you're going to play him. When we were preparing for our main event, we you know did this sort of reverse draft, and Chark was the guy we recommended to pick in round 17. And I mentioned in one of these uh, in this article, looking at the different stacks of players, and and one of uh, my teams that had the Fuller McCaffrey Chark play went for 225, and I think that's the second highest score I've had in a week in fantasy. And so certainly, if you got Chark late then you know it just gives you that much more of a boost and that much more upside certainly i wish i had him in, in all the leagues as i did with boyd last year despite that 17th round pick uh suggestion you know w- wish i had him everywhere because certainly this guy is going to lead a lot of owners of fantasy titles yeah and we mentioned a couple of weeks ago as well about the the rams and um how their uh, wide receivers are doing they obviously were the early game this week on thursday night football and uh, i guess a shout out to to tyler lockett tyler lockett and will fuller uh they, they have long lasted on on my 
dynasty rosters. Just kind of, I love that kind of uh, potentially explosive playmaker. But uh, when when Lockett caught that touchdown, very impressed this past week, and a lot of a lot of publicity on social media for it. But when we look at a player, I want to head on in this game, and that is Cooper Cup. And you know, we talked last, a couple of weeks ago, and it, it did kind of work out where we've seen a f- uh, flux between some of the other guys in terms of Cooks and. Um, Robert Woods but the the guy who is definitely so far the number one option there coming back at that knee injury 63 targets in the season 41 receptions 505 yards uh, average in 12 yards of catch and four touchdowns on the year and that's Cooper Cup and uh, you know I, I thought that it would be more of a balance so far it looks like he is the prime target um, you know he's had a, one game this season with less than 10 uh, targets he had 17 targets this past week 15 the week before 12 the week before uh, and he's had at least 100 yards in his last four games at least a touchdown in his last three games so uh, Cooper Cup uh, could be the the league winner wide receiver i think in this offense this year do you do you still think like we talked about a couple of weeks ago that it might even out or do you think that uh, cup is uh, really the the, the star tone in this in this wide receiving core well we had that big game by robert woods and so there was hope that it would balance out a little bit more certainly if you're a woods uh, or cook's owner i think with what we've seen here with the potential injury to cooks that even more things are moving in, in Cup's direction. One of the things that you can do, you can pull up the Fantasy Stat Explorer and see you know, what he's done throughout the course of his career in terms of wide receiver one finishes, wide receiver two finishes, wide receiver three plus finishes on a weekly basis. And his chart is a lot different than someone like Mike Evans, for example, who's had those big spike weeks, but consistently puts in wide receiver three or worse performances as he unfortunately did again this past weekend a cup has been very consistent obviously the last three games with 26 plus points and one of the things you know i'm i'm watching this game it's the first one of the week and cup has been the guy who has really carried curtis and me through the first month and you know he's not even on the field for a lot of these early plays where they were in two wide receiver sets, uh, kicked the two field goals early. I think that that led to the loss for them. Now, obviously, if they make the field goal late, they win that game. But when you're down there in the red zone, can't afford to have your best player not on the field. And uh, you know, we saw a little bit of a breakout here from one of the tight ends that I recommended as, as a sleeper play, not necessarily, certainly not as someone to build your team around. But Gerald Everett had the big game. It'll be interesting to see if they continue to get him involved, if that takes targets away from Cup. But I think if you own some of these other guys, your real fear has to be that even though in terms of the way that they give out the snaps, that some of these tight end targets are going to take place on plays where Cup may not even be in the game, that overall, as they're designing up the plays for the week, that once these guys start losing targets to Everett, if that does take place, that we're going to be looking at Woods and Cooks, unfortunately, as lower ceiling guys. Just before we get into the next part of the show, I just want to let you know about one of our partners over at SportsAxios.com. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming. Trying to follow everything that's happening in all sports is virtually impossible. I know myself trying to keep up with everything in the NFL. I'm a big soccer fan too. Trying to keep up with everything through Twitter can be a lot of time. And uh, that's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you get the best sports stories from the NBA and the NFL to cricket and ping pong and everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, gives you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple. Best of all, it's free. Go to sports.axios.com. That is 
A-X-I-O-S, that is sportsaxios.com. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be sharing all the information with your buddies. Keep on top of things and join the 100,000 sports fans who already get caught up on the day before it even begins. Best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee. You sign up at sports.axios.com. I also want to let you know about our buddies over at Harry's Razors. I know a lot of you uh, heard me on the one of the last shows saying about how, how much I dislike shaving. It is something that really does irritate me. And humans have been shaving for thousands of years and the secret to a great shave, it hasn't changed much. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering quality and that is all that matters. Sharp, durable blades at a fair price. It is something, obviously, that I used to get a lot of neck irritation when I was shaving, but what I've started to do now is head on over to Harry's. Makes it very simple, makes a nice smooth shave, and I don't get that neck irritation. That's why I love using Harry's. And you can also do us a favor by heading over, checking them out at harrys.com forward slash blue wire for a free trial today. And there's no risk to you trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a free full refund. Rotoviz listeners now can get their Harry's trial set at harrys.com forward slash blue wire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle with, for a firm grip, a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe vera to help keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com forward slash blue wire to start shaving better today. So Sean, we're going to look at a piece here that Ryan Collinsworth had up on the site this week, and it's the jump cut. So he's breaking down the backfields each and every Monday on the website, looking into you know who who to look to see if there's a possibility to, to gain some value there, maybe who to, to who to start to move on. And he's continuing to do obviously the, the RB market share report on Tuesdays and, and the watch list then on Wednesdays for the, the zero RBs. Doing unbelievable running back work this season uh, so far. So we've talked about him a couple of times in the show, but we, I'd like to give a, a little plug there to it. But he, he talked about the notable week uh, five performances. And when we look at it here, obviously we have Aaron Jones, uh, we have Austin Eckler, we have Christian McCaffrey, we have Sonny Michelle, uh, and then uh, we have an honourable mention to Frank Gore and those those kind of top standouts. Now, obviously, we've talked about Christian McCaffrey a lot, so we're not going to talk about him in this section. But um, And I know we've talked a lot about Austin Eckler, I suppose, over the, the season. We talked about him a little bit earlier too. So I guess we'll, we'll give you the floor, Sean, on, on likely to be Sonny Michelle, Aaron Jones, uh, or Frank Gore, the honourable mention. But who, who do you want to head on here out of the, the three guys that are, are topping the list um, for, for Ryan this week? I think we've got to hit on Jones, right? I mean, this guy converted 27 opportunities into 182 yards. And the thing that I think is the most exciting is that he started to catch the ball, right? And they started to use him as a receiver. He was one of these guys that we loved uh, coming out of college, felt like his profile is the exact profile of players who tend to be undervalued in the draft and then turn into the perfect NFL running backs. Now, his first couple of years, he hadn't caught enough passes and that was the real red flag for his draft slot but he was one of the two guys along with carry on johnson that i liked as your shots if you're going to take them in the running back dead zone because he has the athletic profile that would allow for this emergence as a receiver and so they start throwing him the ball he starts to do what we're seeing from a McCaffrey and Eckler, even if it's not nearly to that extent. He doesn't need a ton more. He just needs some passing points in order to get into that range where he easily pays off. Now, you know, Ryan points out, and certainly those developments are overshadowed by this four-touchdown game, which if you're a Packers fan, you have to love the fact that this offensive stout is now starting to look the way that they wanted it to look you know, before the season started. And 
Ryan points out how he's got eight touchdowns in the first five games. The four touchdown game helps you get a lot, a big part of the way there. But when you see some of the names who have done this and where they finished in terms of the fantasy leaderboard for that season, you know, we've got Todd Gurley 2018, Devontae Freeman 2015, when he was the, the breakout as the running back superstar. And then you've got the real sort of legends of the fantasy world in terms of Ladini and Tomlinson 2005, Sean Alexander twice, 2004 and 2005, and no one scored touchdowns like Sean Alexander during his peak in those years. Then you've got Priest Holmes 2002, Marshall Falk 2000. So anytime someone's coming off this 47-point performance, you're feeling very good about them. But I think this receiving potential is what gives him a chance to finish as a clear-cut RB1. Yeah, and obviously I really enjoyed it this week. Uh, the Packers, you know, putting up a, a nice successful running game performance and a, a nice defensive performance. Uh, didn't let let the let the Cowboys into a little bit towards the end. But uh, Jones has been somebody who I've both been uh, impressed by immensely and then unimpressed by immensely in equal proportions at times. I had two games this season, kind of week uh, week three and week four, who really struggled running the ball. Uh, had a couple of a good games to start the season and then a really good game this past week. And I think part of that's down to the. Pack- Packers offensive line having some issues some movement uh, in terms of switching players in different positions but hopefully this is a sign of things to come and obviously uh, they've had Jamal Williams who missed this game through injury uh, had a scary moment against the uh, f- uh, against the Eagles but we'll see how, how they do going forward but Aaron Jones certainly is somebody who I think has, has a huge amount of potential it's just about getting it all to, to be put together but the pass catching element here uh, really did add to the game and uh, a nice win for, for the Packers I wasn't expecting them without Devontae Adams to put up as many points as they did but Aaron Jones certainly made made that help now moving on to uh, some of the other workhorse workloads that he, he looks at here we have David Johnson Ezekiel Elliott Marlon Mack Leonard Fournette Todd Gurley Dalvin Cook Alvin Kamara Le'Veon Bell Josh Jacobs we're heading all the way down the list and we also have Chris Carson Derek Henry so these are the guys that are getting kind of the, the lion's share of the workload now somebody who I, I took a, a heavy touch on two weeks ago that was Leonard Fournette I mentioned it on last week's show but you know he had 108 yards and a touchdown and 23 carries this uh, last week as well and he had four receptions and seven targets so I actually started him in some of my DFS lineups this week, and I don't know if that's the first time I ever done that, but I've been impressed purely on the workload he has had over the last two weeks. So he's he's looking like a, a running back one the rest of the way, barring injury. Uh, I have to say, Dalvin Cook's really impressed me. Todd Gurley, although he's uh, got in the end zone, hasn't been getting a huge amount in terms of uh, scrimmage yards. Marlon Mack uh, played this week with the injury concerns. Zeke Elliott obviously isn't quite getting uh, the workload that he was getting last year in terms of his attempts. 12 rushing attempts for 62 yards and a touchdown while trailing against the Packers, but only the two receptions for him for 29 yards, which uh, is disappointing from what we would expect from him. David Johnson, a nice big game this week against the uh, Bengals, 158 total yards uh, for him. So we're, we're seeing some of these guys um, you know, put in those performances. I suppose the, the big one of the week in terms of what, what he did with uh, his so far and his careers. Josh Jacobs had a big game against the Bears, 153 total yards, two touchdowns, 29.3 fantasy points against the Bears. And uh, in, in a matchup, we would have not probably predicted that that their way that the game script would have played out, Sean. But out of these guys who are in that workhorse kind of role, uh, is there any of them that you think are, are you know there for the rest of the season, like I mentioned with Fournette, or is there some guys that maybe aren't just really hitting the heights now in this group that, that could potentially jump in uh, and really get into that top tier moving forward? For me, the interesting one here was this difficult choice, especially during the time period when Elliot was 
holding out, right? Because before that, Elliot was basically going ahead of David Johnson and even going ahead of Alvin Kamara. And certainly I was in a number of leagues where I was hoping that he would push Kamara down to me. Uh, both the draft that I did with Curtis and the draft that I did with Ben, that was kind of the case. Uh, but he did not, not surprisingly, because of the holdout. But those two guys kind of linked together in that four or five range. And we see them going a little bit in opposite directions, but that could definitely change in a hurry too. So Elliot, the real concern here, not just the overall scoring. Now he did get the touchdown, which certainly helps you out, but only the two receptions in a game that they're trailing. And if he is involved as a receiver, like so many of these top backs are right now, then that turns into a monster game for him. And certainly if you're having to compete with all of the big scores in week five, that's really what you were looking for. So the lack of the receiving profile there is a little bit of a red flag. By contrast, David Johnson has this receiving ability putting up big points through the air. And it's hard to emphasize just how stark the contrast is right now between Johnson as a receiver and Johnson as a runner. Now, you know, this is the guy that I own on basically all of my leagues. Arizona Cardinals fan, favorite player. And so you see everything through rose-colored glasses. You want him to be this Saquon Barkley-esque player, but he does not look that way, right? I mean, David Johnson is hitting the line of scrimmage without any velocity right now. He looks slow, having a hard time changing direction, and very similar to what we see from a Leonard Fournette and a Derrick Henry, where you need to have that gap. You need to be able to get up to speed to make these runs. And right now, it doesn't necessarily look like Johnson has the long speed to make some of these breakaway runs that we saw you know, from Fournette this past weekend, where once he got moving, man, he was absolutely flying down the field. Uh, Henry, obviously, in some of those games where he breaks the long run, it's astonishing how fast he moves for a big guy. Johnson does not look that way right now the contrast between how he hits the line and how chase edmonds the quickness the explosion with which they hit that they get through those gaps it's night and day and and as a david johnson owner that is scary on the other hand i don't know if i've ever seen a running back and certainly uh, you wouldn't think a big running back catch the ball like he does his two long catches which certainly accounted for a big chunk of his fantasy performance this week they were highlight real catches, right? When you're talking about toe tipping on the sideline, over the shoulder catch, you know, ball stick into the hands, you know, tight windows. These are plays that you don't expect wide receivers to make. And yet David Johnson, big running back, running these routes out of the backfield is making them. So both positives and negatives for him there. And I think the real question is whether or not he can continue to do some of those things, especially if he's struggling with this back injury. Colm, I wanted to ask you, one of the other people who jumps in on the workload warriors piece here, and I think is interesting considering where this offense may be going is Le'Veon Bell, right? So he's got a stranglehold on the backfield, had 15 rushes last week, nine targets, that translates into only 88 yards. And so uh, Ryan contrasted with Jordan Howard had 18 fewer rushing attempts but uh, on the season, but Bell has only outgained him by 42 yards on the ground. Uh, he's got the same number of total opportunities as Ezekiel Elliott, but Bell has scored. Now this is crazy. Bell has scored 14 fewer fantasy points despite doubling Elliott's reception total. And obviously the big 
thing about PPR is that that's how you score the points. Certainly the controversial thing about it, as some people uh, justifiably in many ways don't like the fact that you get those free points. Elliot beating him in the scoring despite not having those receiving opportunities. Now, what should we be doing with Le'Veon Bell? Should we be selling because this offense is so bad or should we be buying because Bell still has this perfect workload? He's still Le'Veon Bell and now you get Sam Darnold back. The schedule perhaps eases up a little bit and the opportunity, if the offense improves even a little bit, is for Bell to go from, frankly, a, a disappointing player at his draft pick to one of these guys who could be a league winner like we're used to from him i think it's one of those situations if you drafted him where you drafted him you're unlikely to want to move him because the offer you're going to get is not going to be very high but i think if he's a player that you can acquire he's somebody who i would be trying to get into those lineups now you mentioned that the the schedule eases up a bit it's still not a, a very pretty schedule you know it's the the cowboys patriots jets and then but he gets the dolphins giants redskins after that so you're looking here at a team where aaron jones went to town on the cowboys the patriots have been really tough this year uh, to run against and then you're getting the jaguars or christian mccaffrey just at the big day so i guess i guess you could say the schedule is lightening up a bit now the big plus for me is that sam darnell is about to come back uh, got cleared today we're recording this tuesday expected to play this week and i think that's gonna be a major boost to bell's uh, options same with robbie anderson same with a lot of the options like jemison crowder for the jets now that this jets offense over the last like three or four weeks has been a train wreck but that there is purely down to the fact that like they've been playing quarterbacks who really shouldn't be quarterback in, in the nfl and i think that's going to help now bell is getting that workload but the workload with the quarterbacks that he has had has really not been worth a huge amount because there's not a lot that the other team's defense has to do to to kind of you know worry about what the quarterback's going to do so i think he's somebody if you can acquire him i would be going and getting him uh, and if you're if you have him i think you would be holding him i think it's a hard situation to sell unless the owner has uh, is re- really ready to jump ship i think he's somebody to, to try and buy would you be looking to, to get him on those lineups with how the schedule is going to get the quarterback back and with how that could help this team overall i think so and you know, if you can move some of these guys who are maybe a little bit more fragile in terms of what we would expect from them, uh, players who have perhaps scored touchdowns, uh, perhaps have guys they have to fend off for touches, you know, like a situation with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, or like a situation with Derrick Henry. Ryan points out that since week three, he's been 7.5 points below expectation despite finding the end zone twice. You look at what the Titans did now in this last game. Obviously, you have the missed field goals factor into that. But Henry getting a lot of touches when, in fact, the passing game, when they've won. We talked about this last week. The passing game, when they get Corey Davis involved, they win those games. Now, you know, some of that always comes down to some of the other elements within the game itself. You know, how you match up with Buffalo, not a good team to pass against you make the field goals and you say our strategy works fine. But I think there's a little bit of concern for Henry there that you're already seeing a ceiling, obviously with the exception of the fact that he can put up one of those games like we saw from Aaron Jones. But week to week, would you prefer to have Le'Veon Bell? I think you would. And so it's interesting to go and look what the trade market is in your league. Because certainly plenty of Bell owners are not going to be remotely interested in that but perhaps some of them, especially if you have a strong lineup and you can put together a good throw in, might be a little bit more interested with just how poor his efficiency has been to this point. 
And Sean, with that, it's been a, a fun one to record here. That's going to do it for today's edition of Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. As always, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Make sure you're checking out all Sean's great work over at rotoviz.com. Phenomenal pieces going up uh, multiple times a day over at the website. As I mentioned earlier in the show, too, you can still get that 10% discount to Rotoviz NFL Pass to gain access to all of that. There is the Rotoviz Patreon. There is also. Uh, apple podcast i guess itunes is no longer available you can check us on all the podcast providers give us a written review there and uh, get ready for this week's action with all the other shows on rotaviz radio and until we're back with the next one have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>